Hey, good morning. It is uh, Friday, the 16th of February, 2024. This is your 10th break uh, podcast here at the Brian Suit Show on AM 770 KTTH. Well, Alexander Navalny is dead at 47. This is the uh, longtime uh, Putin critic, uh, outspoken Putin critic. And you know what happens if you push up against the boss? Uh, you, you don't. Uh, you don't last long. You didn't last long uh, when it was Stalin. You certainly don't last long when it's uh, Putin. I mean, he only knows one way to rule Russia, and it's uh, his way. And uh, he doesn't like opposition. Was Navalny a realistic opposition leader? Well, he was the most prominent opposition to Vladimir Putin, which makes him the certainly de facto leader. Um, <clears throat> a couple things that you're not going to see, I think, on American media today in the aftermath of his death is that <clears throat> um, its impact in Russia uh, will be minimal. And, I mean, street protests might look unusual in Russia, but they will be broken up. And this will not be the lead story in, in Russian news at all, if it's reported uh, at all. Uh, he well, A couple of years ago, <clears throat> you know, there were hundreds, hundreds of thousands of people on the streets uh, there in Russia, and that's why he had to go. And so <clears throat> um, as he gained prominence uh, as a political blogger, the, the main fly in the ointment that he represented for uh, Putin was that he was very good at uh, peeling back the layers in Russian property and tax law and revealing the extent of uh, Putin's kleptocracy. Vastly wealthy guy, uh, Vladimir Putin, possibly the wealthiest man on earth. I mean, I mean, literally wealthier than Elon Musk or Warren Buffett. And he's gotten it in the standard Soviet way by skimming off the top. And nothing gets done in Russia without him getting a piece of it. Um, and that's that. And... Uh, he's personally benefited uh, handsomely from the uh, Western oil embargoes and <clears throat> uh, against Russia and the whole thing. And when Navalny exposed that stuff, uh, it, he was knowingly, by the way, and this is why the guy was very brave, uh, he was knowingly writing out his own death warrant. And so <clears throat> the, uh, the first attempt was uh, a couple of years ago, when he was flying, he was he was flying around Russia um, domestically, you know, holding rallies and the whole thing, like like a normal. And flying back from Vladivostok, he got sick and uh, collapsed on the plane. Uh, later, went into a coma and was uh, uh, medically flown out to Germany. And German doctors determined that uh, it was another case of being poisoned by the. The, the unique Russian uh, neurotoxin called Novichok. And they revived him uh, using uh, known protocols uh, against um, Novichok because uh, a, a, a Russian, a former uh, MI6 spy that was held in Russian prisons, who was a, a, a Russian uh, spy that MI6 had uh, recruited, <clears throat> Uh, he was Novichok in Salisbury, England, actually in England. And so a um, a bit of a, a departure here, an explanation. There are rules, and Putin knows this as a KGB guy. 
when I catch one of yours and then you grab one of mine for leverage and we want to make a trade, when we trade for those people, I get my guy back out of your prison system, you get your guy back out of my prison system, they're civilians. They're out of the mix. They don't go back into espionage. They're, they walk away. And so the, uh, the, the uh, Russian military guy that MI6 had, he and his family were traded for a uh, Russian spy that was being held after being convicted, tried and convicted in Britain. And so he was sent back, back to uh, Russia where he was a hero. And the MI6 spy was sent to Britain with his family. So there he was in Salisbury uh, a few years later uh, with his daughter when uh, a Putin hit team was sent and was captured in video stills and video traveling from uh, France uh, to Paddington Station in London to Salisbury. Um, and they brought with them Novichok, and they put it either on their uh, doorknob of their apartment or a park bench. But a there was a cop that got sick um, from uh, apparently there was like a health and welfare check or something at the apartment um, or, or house, and he got sick. But the the man and his daughter were were taken very ill. And, but luckily, they were in the hands of British medicine very quickly, and they recovered. But it was a long recovery. So why not use a more sure method? Well, here's the thing. To, first of all, you're going you're gonna to kill people that betrayed your country, um, this guy and his daughter. And you're going to do it in such a way that there can be no doubt whatsoever that Putin's fingerprints are on it. And Novichok is unique to Russia, Okay. And, and that's the message, is that it wasn't like Wiley Coyote dropped a 16-ton weight on the guy. There can be no doubt that this was from the hand of Vladimir, Vladimir Putin. Because what the Russians did, and this is very Russian, when the chemical weapons ban was signed by Russia and the United States, we destroyed all of our chemical weapons. Um, they were in Hermiston, Oregon, uh, Tuella, Utah. Uh, the Russian inspectors watched us destroy and incinerate our chemical weapons, the Rocky Mountain Arsenal. Um, so we did that, and the Russians destroyed theirs, and we sent representatives to go and eyewitness them incinerating all their chemical artillery shells and rockets, just like we did. <clears throat> but here's the thing. That treaty listed, it, it said the following chemical weapons will be banned for all time, and it was like sarin and VX and all these different chemical weapons, right? They, but they were listed. And so the Russian understanding was, well, just the ones that are listed, what if we invent a new one and we don't report it? Well, that's what they did. Uh, that's their way of a, of a workaround uh, with a uh, chemical weapon ban is, well, yeah, we're following it, right? Everything on the list. Well, so there can be, that. that's why, almost why, Putin had it developed so that he would have at his disposal a chemical weapon that is supposed to work 100% of the time. But, I mean, here you have uh, this defector and his daughter in England who survived. You have uh, Navalny who was poisoned and was supposed to die and survived. And, I mean, maybe it is that he wants you to know that you've been poisoned and you lived only because it's not that uh, effective of a chemical weapon. But So, anyway, uh, he recovered in Germany— 
And everyone said, don't go back. But he's married with kids. And he said, no, I can't. He said to the American ambassador, I can't surrender my country to this clown. I have to go back. And so he went back knowing full well he'd be arrested at um, uh, the Moscow airport. Okay. And the trumped up charge they, they had for the guy um, who recovered in Germany was on death door and came out. The trumped up charge was. He violated his parole because he missed a parole meeting. And and he was in for some, you know, uh, Putin criticism or, or something. And then he gets poisoned um, and nearly dies in a German hospital, but he missed a parole meeting. So when they get him back, they get him for a parole violation. Then they extend it to 19 years and all that. Okay, so... Um, uh, you, you, so anyway, uh, you, you're going to see American media and all that acting like they really knew who he was. Uh, there's a great Netflix documentary called, just called Navalny. I would recommend this weekend watching it, N-A-V-A-L-N-Y. Um, what will its effect be uh, in Russia? Probably nothing. What will, what will it be here in America? Well, it'll be a reinforcement, a reminder that he's a bad guy, uh, that Putin's a bad guy. Um, but why now? Okay, well, in the big picture, we have to be like Putin and step back and play chess on this. Why now? Well, Putin has an election in four days. I mean, he's going through the kabuki that he's going to be reelected. And of course he will. But he has an election in four days. And the Munich Security Conference is just kicking off today. And so he's been keep as I've been saying on the air whenever we discuss Navalny, um, Putin keeps him around like a parakeet. And you know, what's the point if, uh, you know, if you hold a man's life in your hands and you need to send a message, you know, then, then uh, pull the trigger on that. And so what better time to show the world uh, what you're really made of? Because um, you have the Wall Street Journal reporter, Evan Gerskovich, uh, still in your custody. You've extended his uh, pretrial detention or whatever to uh, six more months. He's almost in prison now for a year for just doing a report reporting. And a, a couple a couple things they have in common. Gershkovich um, speaks Russian fluently and without accent. His parents were Muscovites, and Navalny was a Muscovite. And you need to know that. Imagine that America had no larger town than Manhattan, and Manhattan was the seat of government, fashion, news, everything. Right? That's the power of being a Muscovite. And so, um, he gets to. And, and Putin, by the way, is from Leningrad. Um, and so that is the highest sort of most snooty accent uh, in Russia. It's sort of like being, you know, upper crusty in Britain, right, instead of an East End, you know, kind of guy, like the Geico Gecko. And, um, and so Gershkovich and Navalny, when they mocked or were sarcastic about Putin, they were doing it very cleverly in Russian, and he hated that. Putin, zero sense of humor. Um, and so if you're, uh, you know, Zelensky, um, you don't sound like a Muscovite. A Muscovite. Zelensky does a very spot-on Putin impression um, sometimes when he speaks Russian. And this pisses uh, Putin off more than anything. Navalny um, uh, plays clever word tricks on things that Putin says. Putin hates that because Putin is sort of a dumb thug. He comes across as a dumb thug. And so uh, Putin got to pick and choose what time the guy was going to die. He was he had been transferred to a 
uh, a, a prison in in the federal prison system, which used to be called Gulag. That was it was that's an acronym, it's not the Russian word for prison. But he was sent out to this um, prison camp north of the Arctic Circle, a really forlorn place called Harp, in a in a little colony out there because the prisoners work. They're they're a cap, literally a captive workforce. And the the only report is that um, Navalny went for a walk. It felt sick afterwards and is it you know a lingering effect of being slowly poisoned i will never know because we'll never you you should not trust a kremlin produced uh forensic pathologist report um the eu the united states have already commented and said this is very disturbing of course it's very disturbing no one they should not be surprised by this frankly i'm surprised the guys lasted this long but um he hasn't been in long enough for a putin re-election campaign so this is a reminder that you don't go up against the boss. If, if you're Prigozhin and you're going to try to aim at the king and have a coup, and like the old rule says, if you're going to aim at the king, you better hit. Uh, so Prigozhin, remember, uh, called off his uh, convoy to Moscow and stopped it, and then he was dead three months later. I don't know what he thought was going to happen, but this is, this is how Stalin operated, and it worked. Uh, Stalin died of a cerebral hemorrhage or, or whatever. He didn't. He wasn't uh, overthrown, um, and so it's a pretty successful. The most successful uh, Russian leadership model in their history in the last hundred years was Stalin. So why not be like Stalin? Anytime there was uh, any any rumbling that there might be some unrest, then Stalin would uh, have a uh, a purge like Schmirt Spionim. Uh, he had. Uh, he decided that uh, every monkey wrench thrown in Russian agriculture or industry was due to all the thousands of idiot foreigners who came to Russia in the 20s and 30s to enter the world's paradise. And so uh, it worked for Stalin to kill all the foreigners and all that. And, be t and that way people were told, well, the reason you're starving is because of all the foreign spies and the whole thing. And that worked for five years. Um, and then his last coup, his last uh, purge was going to be the doctor's purge, but they never actually did that. And then Stalin died. Uh, so Putin sees that any unrest you can blame on foreign spies, internal enemies uh, or whatever, and it'll buy you time. And so whether you're Tucker Carlson and you're gushing about a grocery store or, or whatever, you, you, always, you can't deny what just happened. And, and and you need to know there's no accidents in the Russian prison system. Um, you know, I, I'm he was probably you know hands off, don't touch him, uh, or else it would make it would make it look like we did a really clumsy job of making it look like a prison fight. And and so he went to a prison uh, that you have to be a very special guy to, to go to. This is several hours away f f uh, in flight time from Moscow. I mean, there, th this prison was farther away from Moscow than North America is wide. I mean, that's how isolated it, it, it was. If if uh, Key West was the capital of America, this would be Point Barrow in Alaska. I mean, he was that far away. And so anyway, like I say, is it a, is it a surprise? Really, no. Um, you just have to ask, well, what's, what's happening right now? What's the message that Putin wants to send? Well, the message is I'm still in charge, and you're having your little Munich security clearance or, or conference, and I'm having a re-election. voted 
uh, 98% back in because I'm in charge and you guys are still debating about funding Ukraine. Look what I'm doing in my country. I'm in charge. So uh, that's that's the really the only way to analyze this, so, which is why it takes so long and what's the timing, what's the message he wants to send, and I think it's pretty clear. But uh, anyway, no, no one has a right to say that they're shocked or surprised by this, uh, certainly not me and listeners of The Brian Suit Show uh, here by podcast uh, or live on AM 770 KTTH.